0: Om, Om sahana vatu sahana upanaktu sahaviryam karavavahai tejasvinavati tamastamaved vishavahai Last week we just uh, looked at the introduction of what this subject is, and the tributes that people had given given this subject, and how it can help us in life. So what we learned is, living life is a skill. We need to learn this skill. When we learn this, the result is we are happier and content. We're making the most of our lives, which is what everyone is looking for in life, correct? Whatever action you're performing, making money, using that money to go on holiday, buy stuff, something, getting married, having children, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're doing it for one reason only. Peace. Two reasons. Peace and happiness. Correct? We're just saying that any action we do in life is for two reasons. Peace and happiness. Nothing else. In fact, even going to the temple, fasting, doing Mara, performing spiritual acts, serving the poor, it's also for peace and happiness. Isn't it? If we break it down, it all boils down to trying to get peace and happiness. God, God give me peace. God let my son pass his exams. Why? Because it will give you happiness ultimately this is what it boils down to it seems that in life peace and happiness is our goal from the time we're born this is all we're looking for until we until we go die peace and happiness true Would you all agree Yeah So this knowledge of Vedanta helps us achieve that goal. That's why it's so valuable. That's why it's actually lasted for 10,000 years, this knowledge. Because it helps humanity reach their goal. So how does it help us achieve that, this knowledge? How does it help us? What does it show us? What does it teach us?
1: Understand better. You understand
0: better. Understand better, okay. What else? What does it teach us? I'm not after a specific answer here. It's just generally what people think. Discipline. Discipline? Discipline for what? Discipline to do what? Perfect. Reducing your desires. Reducing your desires. So it gives you knowledge to understand life, purpose of life, the correct way of living life. Basically to develop that skill of how to live life. This is what it's doing. It's not the world that gives you joy and sorrow, but how you relate to it. It teaches us how to contact the world correctly. So that when you make that contact in the correct way, the result is peace and happiness. People are unhappy and, unpeaceful, not, and not peaceful because they don't know how to, c- to contact the world properly. That's why. They, can, they contact it incorrectly and the result is unhappiness and agitations. So this is what this teach us, teaches us. So last week was an introduction to this subject. And the last thing read was, Endorsements tribute to this subject by prominent philosophers in the world. So they're saying how this knowledge is so important, so valuable. And and they're saying, these philosophers from from Western countries, that it's the highest knowledge known to man. It's been lost. So he said, Indians, you keep to it. Don't lose it. So, the next topic we're on now is reason, the sap of Vedanta. Why has it been lost? Where did we go wrong? So it says humans are above all other creations. Why? Why are humans above all other creation?
1: Because we have intellect.
0: Brilliant. We possess an intellect, and that allows us to Transition. think. Perfect. As you can see from there, only a human has an intellect, so only a human can think. Plant, animal, human has a body. Plant doesn't have a mind. Animal and human has a mind. And plant doesn't have an intellect, nor does an animal. Only a human has. So that puts us on the pedestal of life of all creations. But thinking is not a natural process as believed, like breathing. We breathe, we think it's natural. We know how to eat, we think it's natural. But thinking is not natural. But we believe that it's natural, it's happening. It's a skill that needs to be practiced and developed like any other skill. So the intellect has to be developed, and because people don't develop it, very few people have the ability to think clearly. Is everyone with me? Because it's not developed, it's neglected. So the intellect is like a muscle, you have to exercise it to develop it. Drew, you go to the gym? No? got <laughs> you go to the gym, don't you? You exercise to build muscles. Yeah. If you want to build your biceps, what what do you do? Weights. weights. Leg muscles, different weights. Yeah. So intellect is also muscle. So what exercise would you do to develop that? Studying. Studying very well. Studying. Study in the morning. What else? Reasoning. Reasoning. The study of the higher values allows you to reason. The intellect allows you to reason. So when you develop it, it starts reasoning. Right now you can't reason if you don't have an intellect. Because you're mind-led. Contemplation, thinking, what's this saying? Self-reflection in the night, which we discussed. All these exercises helps you develop intellect. Taking nothing for granted, just because someone says so. Reasoning it yourself. And then, if it makes sense, then you do it or follow it. That's developing intellect. Okay. There's a quote by William Drummond, he's a famous poet in the British poet. He who cannot reason is a fool. He who will not is a bigot, meaning a hypocrite fraud. He who dare not is a slave. Everyone understand that? He who cannot reason is a fool, because he hasn't developed his intellect to think. God's given it to him, he hasn't developed it. He who dare not, he who will not is a bigot, a fraud. He's been given this equipment, but he's not using it. He's a hypocrite, and he who dare not is a slave, meaning you just surrender to, it, to anybody. People base their lives on meaningless superstitious beliefs picked up from early on in their lives. Beliefs that have no meaning and are groundless. One does not think or question what one believes in. Propositions are accepted without any reasoning. We believe things just because we've been brought up with it. We don't question it we all, we all in the same boat. We all do this. All your beliefs right now stems from when you were a child growing up. What your parents taught you. All the values, right or wrong. Now they are ingrained in you so deeply that you find it difficult to question them. through. All your beliefs are based on your upbringing, what your mother and father thought was right or wrong. They taught you. Would well, they allow you to question it? Just do it as I say. We've all been brought up in the same environment. So there's a, there's a little uh, episode. In the hospital, there's a Hindu child, a child born to a Hindu parents and a child born to a Christian parents. The midwife automa- um, accidentally swaps the values around when she's putting him in the crib. So the Hindu parents take home a child born to a Christian family, and the Christian family take home a child born to a Hindu family. Everyone with me? Forty years passed. And they finally find out that they were actually swapped at birth. The Hindu child now detests Christians. Water up as a Hindu, and the Christian child has been told, only this path is the right path. Then they find out that they were swapped. What's going to happen? The Hindu child, the the boy born to a Hindu family is now following the Christian path. Why? Because that's how he was brought up. And the Hindu child, the the Christian child is now being brought up as a Hindu, and he's now following the Hindu path. All because of his upbringing. Understand? So what's happening? So now if your parents tell you, you were changed as a child, and you're not a Hindu but you're a Muslim, for example, and you have a hatred for Muslims, what would you do? You were born to a Hindu Hindu family, I mean a Muslim family. But your beliefs are so strong. You see what's happening? This is how... Ingrained, we take in these things, this, what we're taught as growing up, that we now firmly believe it, we don't question it.
1: That exists already in uh, India, it? in uh, Goa.
0: In Goa, these yeah, In um, that uh, state. Really? Like the Portuguese, uh, uh, They're all Portuguese, aren't they? Yeah. Christians. Yeah. yeah. And now if you tell them, no, you know, before you were Christians, you were Hindus. They're gonna say, what are you talking about? Something to think about, isn't it? This is what's happening to all of us. Preachers are merely dictating their ideas and thoughts, and the people are accepting them blindly. Lack of questioning, lack of intellect. Neither the preacher nor the student have done any investigation or reflected on the knowledge it's just blindly given out, blindly taken in and you you live your whole life in that way without thinking is this right or not this is the issue this is the problem if you don't think your whole life can go by. something to think about, isn't it really? Everything that we're believing in. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, we're just analysing here, yeah? So without any true guidance, true knowledge, how to manage one's life, people are confused. They've developed spiritually and morally, devolved spiritually and morally. They suffer from worry and anxiety, mental stress. This is the state of us all humans today. One must realize their situation and start to question and reason with the truths of life. Start now. Start today. Everything you believe in, question it. I'm not just talking spiritually or religion. Anything, everything. Question it. Then you're using your intellect, count intellect. You may agree with everything you believe in. That's fine. But at least you've reasoned and questioned it. And it makes sense to you. Then you're following it. Your parents have taught you. But who taught your parents? We're not saying it's right or wrong. (coughs) Religious leaders, what's their motivation? We don't know. I'm not saying it's wrong. But we need to verify everything. See, if you just take this statement and apply it, how it can change your life, <laughs> you can turn everything upside down. See, see, the thing is, some of we, some of us are relying on religion to help us find peace and happiness. We think that being on the spiritual path will give us peace and happiness, and it, and it's supposed to give you peace and happiness. But we're blindly following teachings which may have no foundation. You know, we're told to kill people for, for what? For peace and happiness. How can that be? How <laughs> can someone, leader, tell someone to kill other human beings? Where's the identification? He's a fellow human being. But we're told to kill for peace and happiness. For spirituality. To develop spiritually. How is that possible? Kill your neighbor. So Vedanta, can this knowledge can satisfy one's quest for the truth. One must study this knowledge, and if it makes sense, apply it. Apply it to your life. Once you know it works, one will dwell deeper into this knowledge, and will be able to live a higher standard of life, which will result in peace and happiness. Guaranteed because otherwise it wouldn't be around after 10,000 years if it hasn't been helping people. In fact, if you have this knowledge, you don't need to follow or believe in any religion at all. Since this knowledge is the true foundation of all religions in its pure form, but it's been lost. See, Religions have taken on a small portion of this knowledge and turned it into a whole religion. But you don't need to. This is the pure, the pure knowledge of foundation of all religions. So try it. Put some of what you learn in practice. Experiment with it. Only if you know it works, then you'll get more into it, so, isn't it? Logic and reason. This is what we're saying. You have an intellect. Think. Logic and reason. You don't have to follow elders. Elders doesn't mean they know, just because they're older. Unless they've actually questioned, thought about it, and then they're giving it to you only then. Otherwise you have to think. Can mm, please.
1: So, when you talk about um, thinking is not a natural <coughs> process, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that we have to develop. Mm-hmm. There, there are those individuals who are more mind-led than intellect-led. So, you might say, well, I've thought about this and mm-hmm. I've chosen, reasoned and judged by myself that it's the right path for me. In any decision or situation yeah. you're in, sure. how do you know it's sanctioned by your intellect or is it that you've got such a strong mind for this area that you're not being mind-led but you are... Following your intellect and you've assessed it or accordingly or you know you've really thought about it because sometimes you think well, where did that thought process there's an aspect isn't there because we're all developing an intellect but up until we feel satisfied that it's developed to a certain level Whilst something is being developed, it's not as strong today as it might be in five years' time, for example. So there's different
0: areas. Okay, there's different areas that we can apply this. Not this our intellect. You know, there's the basic things like, you know, um, what job shall I get? What shall I study? Knowledge. I mean, uh, education, for example. Um, what job <laughs> shall I get? You might base it on money. You might base it on. Values, it could be anything. There are some areas you'll jump to it without thinking. That's mind lit. So you have a limited amount of intellect. Have you applied that? being Have you jumped into the situation or have you thought about it? Have you taken a few days to think about your action before you, a big, a big, uh, if you're going to make a big decision? How, how long have you thought about it? Have you reasoned the pros and cons of it? If you've done as much as you can, then you've applied whatever intellect you have at the moment. You can't know everything. There are areas of your ignorance. You may not have knowledge of medicine. You have to go to a doctor. Even that, someone might say, you know what, I don't need to go to a doctor. Um, I'll be okay. I'll just take a couple of paracetamols. And the guy's having a heart attack. See, there's an area of ignorance here. He thinks, okay, you know, I don't need to do it. So even su- uh, knowing to surrender to someone, you need an intellect. So you will know if you've used your intellect or not by understanding how the mind functions and how the intellect functions, Yeah, which you already know. So you need to go through that process. If I reacted and just jumped into it? Have I thought about it? Any decision you make, you you have to now say, let me take a day to think about it. Then you're automatically, I'm not going to make any decisions until I think about it for 24 hours. And now you're putting that yourself in that situation to apply whatever thinking process you have, to your intellect. So that's one way of uh, knowing, one way of um, knowing that you've applied whatever intellect you have. I'm not going to jump into anything. I'm going to think about it for 24 hours. And if you think about any major decisions you're going to make first thing in the morning, after you wake up, the chances are that your intellect's more available. To you. Any major decision, think about it first thing in the morning. Not in the shower. Just thinking. That sit in a corner somewhere, a cup of coffee or whatever, and think. Okay. The first thing you do in the morning without any other thoughts I'm looking at mobile phones nothing first thing you do make a note okay what are the pros what are the cons if i make this decision i've met this person i'm thinking i really like this person it could be the person i marry okay let me think about it might have to think about it for a week every morning (laughs) before you make a decision like that well yeah but we can jump into it can't we let me think about it, if I take this life-changing decision. At least five days you have to put down to thinking before you make a life decision, isn't it? <laughs> so. so the reason the of vedanta, what we've just this, um, studied, is the fact that we have these belief systems and we don't think about them. So we need to analyze what our beliefs are, apply our intellect, think about it. It's difficult because it's so ingrained in us. But even if you say, you know what, let me start by uh, thinking about certain beliefs that I have. You may still stick with them, that's fine. But as long as you've thought about it. It's quite, you're going very much against oh, absolutely, it's not easy. That's why the younger you are, the easier it is. Because they're not ingrained in you yet. The older you get, the very more difficult. It takes more application.
1: Yeah,
0: because you don't want to believe it. You know the problem is why you don't want to believe it? It's because you don't want to admit to yourself that you've been doing it wrong. That's the reason. Your own ego comes in it. How can I have been doing this wrong? That's the problem. See, if in life, the first thing you need to do is look at yourself. But we all think we're perfect. Any decision we make is right. (laughs) It's the other person that's wrong. (laughs) This is the problem. We have to first learn to analyze our own personality. Before you say, no, you're wrong. If you start with that, This is what we're learning here, how the mind functions, how the intellect functions, physical body, the senses, this is what we're trying to understand. With those tools, you can apply it to your own personality. What am I like? What are my faults? How many of you sit down and say, what are my faults? We will sit down and say, what are that person's faults? We have to start with ourselves. There's probably more faults in us than in a person opposite us. See, when we start doing that, then we're analysing, we're looking at our personality. The only fault we look at of ourselves is, you know, I need to put, build a bit more muscle because, you know, the girls like muscles these days. You know, there's those kind of things where we can look at in a mirror. <laughs> but how selfish am I? You can't look at that in a mirror, can you? you <laughs> know I need to become more unselfish that's more important than my muscles Do you understand yeah. so we have to learn to look within and this is what we're trying to learn and we're breaking down what a human person human being is is everyone with it yeah it's quite deep (laughs) because you know we're all learning how to criticize ourselves which isn't easy so the next topic is your real self now this is a really interesting topic humans no longer possess the knowledge of the self they have lost the knowledge of the self what is the self so that we're all clear what is the Self? What are we saying when we say the Self? What do you say? What do you mean? Spirit within you. Spirit within you.
1: Yeah.
0: Atman. 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 Any other? Yeah. Brahman. We say Brahman. In all the texts it's referred to as Brahman, Atman and Self. Wherever you see those three words, Brahman, Atman, or Self, means the same thing. Spirit within, the spirit all around, this world. We say this world is Brahman, Maya, illusion. This world is Brahman, but we don't see Brahman, we see the world. We're learning this subject so we can see Brahman instead of the world. This is the whole philosophy in one sentence. When you see your enemy, do you see Brahman, or you see your enemy? The day you see Brahman, then you've got the knowledge. Does that make sense? This is the whole crux of the philosophy. If you get that, you'd never need to come to another class. So this world is maya, illusion. The illusion is the world, the reality is Brahman, God. And we have to learn this subject in order to see that. That's all it is. So, we no longer possess the knowledge of the Self. It's been lost. According to Vedanta, the Self is your true nature, the Supreme, the Whole, the Absolute, the state of true happiness and peace. Since humans have lost this state, they feel imperfect. A void has been created in your personality. Whenever you this is really important. Yeah, and this is quite deep and you need to stop me if you don't understand, please doesn't matter It's it's because if you don't understand this is difficult to understand further You've lost your true nature. The self is your true nature. You are God. This is what they're saying. Yeah That state is of true happiness and peace But we've lost this state, and this has created a void within us, imperfection. Anita, make sense? We have lost the knowledge of God, the Self, our true personality. Mm -hmm. If I ask you who you are, who are you? You're going to say, I'm Anita Patel, I live at so-and-so, so-and-so. I'm 45 years old. I'm five foot seven, whatever. Will you ever say, I'm Brahman? Yeah. Yeah. No. You've lost that ability to understand that you're you're the Self. You identify with your body. You identify with your mind. You identify with your intellect. Who are you? Oh, I'm a doctor. That's your intellect. Intellectual capacity. No one, nowhere ever you will say, I'm God, to anyone. So, this guy's mad.
1: I'll try. <laughs>
0: this guy's mad. And I don't mean to get it by you. Don't give him a hard time. <laughs> so, we've lost that knowledge of who we really are. This is what it's saying. Ella, you understand? Yeah. We have lost that knowledge. We're saying we are the spirit covered by the body, mind, and intellect. We identify with the body mindset, but we don't identify with the spirit anymore. Because we've lost that knowledge, that knowledge of the Self, the spirit, Brahman. That's what it's saying. Everyone everyone now, everyone understand now? Anita? with me? Okay, good. So, because we have lost that identification with our true personality, we feel imperfection. We feel there's a void within us. We don't really feel it, but they're saying that there's a void within you. Vedanta saying, the sages are saying, there's a void within all of us because we've lost that identification. And it's been created in our personality. And because of this void, this feeling creates, thought flows towards the world, which manifests as desires. So desires come Manifest because you have lost that identification with the Self. When you identify with the Self, you're permanently peaceful and happy. But because you've lost that, you now have desires going to the world. Why? To fill that void. I'm going to go on a bit more to explain this. So bear with me and then we'll uh, discuss it. But because that loss of the identification with the self, this feeling creates thought flows towards the world. These manifest as desires to to fill the void. Then these desires are fulfilled by the body, the mind, and the intellect. In the form of sensual pleasure, emotional joy, intellectual satisfaction. This is what's happening. Does everyone understand that? What's this paragraph saying? I've just read the paragraph on the book. What's it saying? Who can explain what that what it's saying? Who can explain that? Okay.
1: Something. you um. lost your identity.
0: Yeah, and you're not thinking
1: your experiences, your desires. that identity
0: has been lost. And you've lost the identity, and there's you're not getting the knowledge to identify with it again, because of religions being so devolved. This knowledge teaches you the identification of yourself. So because of that disparity, desires are created. I'm going to explain now. You are the Self, the Divine Principle, Divinity, God. A state that brings permanent happiness from within. But you have forgotten this and have lost this state due to your own ignorance. So you now feel imperfect within. So because of that imperfection, thought currents are created which flow towards the world. These are called desires. So every desire you are fulfilling is to try and fill that void inside. True. Please. I see a question coming up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you explain to me what have I said? It's really important that everyone understands this. Because then you can take this knowledge further. Why are you taking this knowledge? You have to understand why you're taking this knowledge. What, I, what are you trying to achieve with this knowledge? you want to tell us? Go on, in your own words, doesn't matter, right or wrong. Uh, the self and the spirit is our true nature, yeah. but because of ignorance, we don't identify with it. You identify with the world. Yeah.
1: That causes a void.
0: Mm-hmm. Within. Within. To fill that void, we have desires in the world. Perfect. Does everyone understand it? Anybody else mm-hmm. who doesn't, please ask. Rajesh? Understand? Karen? Miller? Anita?
1: Yes. Anita? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. No, thanks.
0: Good. Good. No, it's really important because if you understand this, then you're going to put extra effort into trying to try and work, you know. So you understand? Yep. Great so you earn money you exchange it for sense objects TV, car, holidays, clothes books, restaurants, partner new partner I'm not saying you shouldn't do this Yeah, this is, we're analysing this now all humans are doing this, including myself all these things we're doing is to fill that void that void that's created inside fill that you're doing all these things, has anyone anyone's void been filled and found true peace and happiness through acquisition and enjoyment of material goods? Please raise your hand.
1: Question: Are we born without identifying ourselves?
0: Yes, that's why you're born. You're born because of that. Drew is asking, are we born with that ignorance? You're born because of that ignorance. So when you become self-realized, you're not born again. And that's why we have this cycle of birth and death. Because one lifetime isn't enough to fill that void. Because we're all going the wrong way to fill that void. We're going to the world to fill that void. And nothing in the world will do it, as we've just said. His parents aren't here to defend. (laughs) All these things we're doing is to fill that void, but it seems it's never-ending. No matter how much we get, that void is still there. How do we know? Because we still want more. It's never-ending. We're chasing. So are you saying to become self-realised? have yeah, to study Vedanta? You have to study the truths of life. What is my purpose? I'm not saying you have to study this subject. It doesn't matter. Any subject that tells you the truths of life, your purpose in the world and your goal. You study that. But what we're saying is that this subject fulfills that purpose. And this is what religions were based on, this this subject. All religions are based on this subject. But they haven't taken the complete subject and turned it into a religion based on a personality, Christ, Buddha, Krishna. So the the purity of this subject is lost. This is the problem.
1: What about being attached to spirituality in one sense? So for example, not not just to a religion, but for for like, you're saying that we're attached to the peace and happiness that the world is giving us, and therefore it creates more ignorance. And we're moving further away from ourselves but you could be spiritual in a sense you could be rather unselfish and be service orientated um, and think that you're doing good for the world not just thinking of yourself and study the scriptures, and think, yeah, I believe in this, and you're devoted to it, where where does ignorance come into that? Because relatively, it is bringing you peace and happiness, you're on a spiritual path, you believe, mm-hmm. you are relatively unselfish, and you are striving towards, I, I suppose, finding the truths of life. Where does ignorance come into that
0: then? There's no ignorance then, is there? You're now moving towards the goal. You've just said you've understood the path. You're studying the subject. You're becoming more unselfish. You know where the goal is, where you're going, where you want to get to. You're on the path now. The more effort you put in, the quicker you get there. So...
1: This identification, isn't it? So you're still identifying with things within the world but you you peace and happiness.
0: No, because you're not. Because you're saying that you're becoming spiritually developed. You're yeah. becoming more unselfish. Why are you becoming more unselfish?
1: Because it's the right thing to do.
0: Well, then that's then that is ignorance. Because it's not the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to get you to that goal. Okay, if you're doing it for just because you want to be unselfish, you want to help people, that's nothing wrong with it. It's noble act. But why are you doing it? Because I want to reduce my desires. If I don't think of others, I'll be thinking of myself. Why do you serve others so you don't think of yourself? And the more you think of others, the less desires you're fulfilling of your own.
1: It's too much thinking into it, isn't it? It's just just an act of unselfishness and Uh, thinking. Hang on, why am I doing? Any
0: action you are doing. Why am I doing
1: it?
0: If you're doing it for material happiness... Just act. (laughs) Frustration doesn't get you there either way. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. So all these things we're doing in the world is to fill that void, but it seems it's never-ending. No matter how much we get, that void is still there. Why? Because, how do we know? Because we still want more. And we're still agitated if we don't get more. There is still pressure to achieve higher status, bigger bank balance, more power. We are never satisfied. Why? So therefore, whatever we're doing in the world is not working. Because no one can say, I'm truly happy, truly peaceful. Everyone will be saying, I will be really happy if I get that. If I get this. I'll be peaceful if my son gets married. Isn't it? So we're not there. So it's not working. See, what's happening is we're trying to fill that void within and we're trying to fill that void with worldly things. How can it be filled with worldly things? It's like, you know these toys the kids play. There's a board with different shaped wooden blocks. And you have to fit it, fit these blocks on the board, you get circle, triangle, around. Buddha, you know, you were used to play with that? So the child has a square block and he's trying to fit it into a, a triangular hole, shaped hole. Is it gonna fit? Go on, is it gonna fit? So he's crying and he's frustrated because it doesn't fit that's exactly what we're doing we have a hole inside we've lost our true identity and we're trying to fill that hole with material things let's fit a car in the rolls royce will it fit no it's not gonna fit <laughs> <coughs> huh I know, I'll go on holiday, first class, railed to tour. Let's see if that fits. No. You come back, and you're still in the same boat, job. So you're trying to fill that hole with material things, holidays, cars, gadgets. It's not going to fill that hole. What will fill that hole? What will fill that hole? Simple. What will fill that hole?
1: Desires, you're not chasing
0: within yourself. How do you become content? By really your desires and Knowledge of your true identity, your personality. Which is knowledge of the Self, Brahman, God, who you really are. You need to find that triangle shape. Then it fits perfectly. That triangle shape is your true identity. This is what we're doing here, by the way. Mm. So you're all in good, ha- good hands. We're doing that here. But the effort only you can put in. I can talk for hours, but effort you have to put in. Only you can fill that void. I can't fill it for you. I can only give you the tools to fill that void. The knowledge of what these sages have discovered. So what happens is, as you start gaining knowledge of your True Self through this subject, the pressure starts reducing. Your desires start reducing. You stop catering to your body, mind and intellect with external enjoyments. You begin to feel more content in life, more happier. You slowly fill that void, that you start filling that void that has been created within, with this knowledge. See that one thought, in the day, after, let's say you come to this class and I say you're not this person, Anita. You're Brahman, you're God, that's your true personality. Once in a day you remember that. Every Anything that's happening to you, you forget. Any agitations, you know, why am I being agitated? I'm Brahman, I'm not this body-minded intellect, I'm the Self. It's difficult. But that thought, if it comes to you every day, when you're agitated because of something silly, yeah? Can you imagine the peace it can give you. Why am I worried about this? And the more thought you have like that, the more peaceful you become. I don't need this. I'm full. I'm God. This world cannot fulfill, give me any happiness see, your life starts changing. We've already said anything in the world can't fill that void. Nothing in the world can give you that peace and happiness permanently. So bearing that in mind when you're chasing something, less agitations. You know what, it doesn't matter if I don't get it. Does everyone understand? Please, you have to think about this,
1: yeah. We're
0: not saying being tamasic, meaning being inactive. (laughs) That's going the other end. Do you haven't understood properly that means? (laughs) (laughs) You get out of bed early, in fact, when you get this knowledge.
1: <laughs> more time to think of the self
0: I'm it's going to fulfill all my duties and I'm going to have time to study and find out more about my who I really am you get up earlier to do that
1: but if, you've got, not, if you're stopping your desires to earn more money then why are you going to do it? you
0: still can't live in this world. Okay. the day you self realized sorry, please
1: no, as in, there's, obviously you can't just be like, well, that's it now. You just
0: self-realize that. See, if you're lying in bed and it takes you to fulfilment, peace and happiness, <laughs> then you're there. Stay in bed. But it doesn't, does it? Yeah. she feels it's easy, she knows I'm doing it. Yeah. All humans are driven by the search for peace and happiness. This quest cannot be fulfilled in the world. It can only be fulfilled by discovering the Self, your true personality. There is a constant pressure from within for one to return to one's original Self. Just like a coil spring that is pressed down, we've given this example many times, there is exertion of pressure from the spring to reach its original state. This pressure is only gone once the spring has reached its original state. Yep. True? Similarly, one's desires will only cease once one realizes the self, one's original self, original personality, one's original being. No pressure, no desires. As one follows the spiritual path, one becomes less dependent on the world. He reduces his desires. Once one realizes the self, he's no longer dependent on the world. He is said to be self sufficient. So I'm gonna explain that as a diagram, which I have. Okay, can everyone see this? I know it's not very good. My, my, my uh, drawing skills are very, very weak. Can everyone see this? Forget that, can everyone see this? What it says, human evolution, yeah? from zero to 100, A to B. Human evolution, spiritually. Dependence on world. C, D. Zero evolution. You're dependent on the world 100% (coughs) for your happiness. 50% spiritual evolution. You're dependent 50% on the world for your peace and happiness. 100% evolution, meaning you're self-realized. You understand. True purpose of life. Zero dependence on the world. When you get to that, you don't need to come out of bed. Does everyone understand this? Okay, I'm going to go through it again. A human being with no spiritual development, point A, is reliant, dependent on the world 100%. As the person grows spiritually, gains knowledge of his true identity, he slowly becomes less dependent on the world. So 25% development means what? 75% development in the world. 50% developed spiritually, 50% depend on the world. 100% developed state of self-realization, your true state. He doesn't need the world, he's not dependent on the world for any peace or happiness. Buddha, Christ, Krishna, great swamis living in the Himalayas, in a cave with nothing. You see see these sages walking around with just a water container and a begging bowl. It's not that they don't have money. They have wealth, but they've left everything to live a simple life, to practice spiritual disciplines, so as to reduce their desires. These swamis in the Himalayas, some of them will come from wealthy families. And they leave with a robe, begging bowl and a water container and that's it. Because the goal is to find 100% spiritual development, self-realization. So this is a law. The evolution of a person and his dependency on the world are inversely proportional. It's a law. So it's all sort of bringing down to the external pressure and not allowing them to overtake what you feel internally. So it's not allowing things around you or the people around you to affect you in shape form. But we're affected, aren't we? Yep, and that's a challenge Exactly. So this knowledge helps you to reduce your desires and to think more clearly. Be successful materialistically, but at the same time your desires are minimal. This helps one to be content in life leading to peace and happiness. Can't you yeah.
1: Can you explain what dependence on the world means?
0: Desires. You're looking to fulfill your desires. If I get this, if I get that, I'll be happy. You're depending on the world for your peace and happiness. That's depending on the world, 100% depend on the world.
1: It can be independent in the world.
0: But you're relying on the make world.
1: make your own way.
0: We're not talking about that. We're talking about.
1: So the one doesn't correlate with the other.
0: What, what we're talking about is. You're 100% looking at the world to fill that void. Okay. Yeah, you're depending on the world for all your peace and happiness. Because you're completely ignorant of the self. You get 50% knowledge of your personality, your true personality, that you are the self, the God, the woman. Then you're only 50% dependent on the world. This is a law. See, you can be coming to class for a year, okay? Some of you may be now thinking, do I need that? No, you know what? I'm okay. You're questioning your desires. So you're that less dependent on the world. Full. Otherwise, you would just go out and do it, because you're ignorant of everything else. So this knowledge is giving you that ability to question. Do I need that? No. You know what? It's fine. That's another desire. You know what? Let me just eliminate that. Don't need it. It's not going to bring me happiness anyway. and Even if it does, it's temporary. That's not. That's not. That's understanding. That's knowledge. <coughs> so we're saying that we are. Not this body, mind, intellect. We are the self, self Brahman, God. So I'm gonna give you another scenario today before we finish. So there's this king and queen. It's a story. Yeah. And they have a child, prince. The kingdom is being flooded. Heavy rains. So in order to save the the prince's life, they put the baby in a cradle, going down the river. Someone picks up the baby, gives it food. As the boy gets older, he learns to live on the street begging in the market. You understand? As he gets older, he goes into the town and he begs for food every day. Begs for money, food. He gets five pence, 10 pence from some people. Some people shun him, go away you beggar. Leave us alone. Some people receive him, some people don't. At the end of the day, if he had enough money for food, he was happy. If he didn't, he was unhappy. Everyone with me? After a few years, the parents, his, the king and queen die. And he's got no heir. This is the only child. Their only child. So the minister looks after the the kingdom, prime minister. But he does a search in the village, in the town, to find out if this prince is still alive. Because they know they put it in the river, but they don't know what's happened. He could be dead. So, this, so the Prime Minister says, okay, go and find this child. He has a birthmark on his left shoulder. Let's see if we can find him. state search for Prince. They check every boy about his age. One day they pick up the beggar. They take him to the palace. There they check his body and find the birthmark. The beggar thinks that, what's going on? Why are they taking me? You know, they think he's going to put him in prison or, you know, he doesn't He doesn't know what to do, he wants to get away from there, run away. The minister comes and says, you, you're the king. Get on the throne and run this kingdom. He's uncomfortable on the throne. He doesn't know what to do. He's thinking, where am I? What am I supposed to do? He tries to leave, but they don't let him. The minister says, you are the king, run your kingdom. Took him a year to understand that he was the king. So slowly he started fulfilling his duties. One day he was looking in the wardrobe and he saw his old clothes that he used to beg in. He wore them and went out begging just for fun. Again, some gave him a few pennies, some told him to go away and get a job. So the question is, before he was happy if he got enough food and unhappy if he didn't get. Would he be affected now with the amount he gets in his begging bowl? No? Mm -hmm. Why not? He's content.
1: No, that's he true. He's tried, I don't. He never had anything in the first place.
0: Hmm? He learned, that he never had anything in the first place, and he's happy with nothing anyway. Kay. He's still living. Anybody ever, any other input? He's gone out begging, even though he's the king, yeah? He's not affected because he has enough money now. He's the king, he owns the whole kingdom. So who what was who was the person before and who was the person begging now? Who was he before? Hmm?
1: God? Okay. The uh-huh.
0: same person. Was he the same the same person? Mm. What? Who was he? He's,
1: he's always the, been same the prince, person. but in different He systems. just didn't know it.
0: Perfect. One year before he was still the king. The prince. But the difference was he didn't know he was the king. He was ignorant of his true identity. And That created a void which he was begging. When he got the knowledge that he was the king, he was no longer affected. The void was fulfilled. He has all the money he needs. Similarly, you're the self, you're the king. But you have not recognized that you're the king, all of us here. Hence you're affected, agitated by, if I get that, if I don't get that. The instant you become full with the knowledge of your true identity, you will be in a different state. You will be in a commanding position, not demanding, no agitations. Does everyone understand the story? and what it's trying to portray. Raj, do you understand? What what is it? You are yourself. But? You don't know it. Perfect. And once you know it, you're happy, peaceful, full. You don't need anything. We're all the king. But we're right now begging, in our begging clothes, with our bowl. The Self is your original nature. This desires, this pressure is created and you're fulfilling it with the desires, from your body, mind and intellect. Once you reach your original state, you're no longer dependent on the world, no pressure. So what is heaven and hell, anyone? What is heaven? Heaven and hell. When you say, hell? This is heaven. Anita, you land in Bali. Wow, this is heaven.
1: (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Is Is it a state of mind?
0: Perfect. Heaven and hell is nothing but state of mind. Heaven equals no mental agitations. Hell equals mental agitations. When you're mentally agitated, you say, I'm in hell. When there's no mental agitations, you're in heaven. All your pressures of he- of <coughs> agitations while you're here are disappeared once you land in Bali. You're in heaven. So heaven and hell is here on earth. When you're happy, you're in heaven. When you're unhappy, you're in hell. any questions I'm not gonna go on anymore because I think <laughs> we've uh, covered quite a bit it's quite deep please listen to the podcasts again so you can understand it more deeply better I just is in shock <laughs> 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 Any questions? Yeah, Did you understand? Who are you? The Self. The Self, thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I just make a clarification? Yeah. Probably a silly question, but... We... So we have the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh. When we're talking about Brahma, are we talking about Brahma? No. Not
0: Brahma, Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh are Gods given to in our um, texts, like how Lakshmi is for money, represent is a representation. Lakshmi represents money. So Brahma Vishnu Mahesh, the three trinities, is for um, creation, mm-hmm. maintenance, and destruction. Mm-hmm. So in order to explain creation, maintenance, and destruction, they've given the three gods Brahma Vishnu Mahesh. So Brahma stands for creation. Vishnu stands for maintenance, Maintenance. correct? Yes. And there are various different names, Shiva, there's different names given to those three trinities depending on which part of the country India you are and beliefs and so on. But ultimately that's what it represents. This whole world is nothing but creation, maintenance, destruction. You are created, you're maintained and then you die. Summer is here. It's maintained, and it dies. Autumn comes. Maintained, it dies. The morning comes. It's maintained. Afternoon, night. This is what Brahma Vishnu Mahesh represents. That's it. Cycle. Hmm. Cycle. Cycle. But it's in order to, you know. Different, different people believe in different things. They identify with different powers. You identify with money. You start praying to Lakshmi. You start. You identify with um, certain gods, personalities. These are all personalities of human beings given out so that you can identify with them. Wherever your desires go, they put a god. So, so many temples with different deities because it rep- it caters to different people. But God being one hinduism actually people believe you ask any ignorant person about hinduism they say oh isn't that the faith of so many gods they've got thousands of gods no they don't have thousands of gods they only have one god but there's thousands of deities to represent all the different powers of gods and in order for the human being to be able to identify with one of that so that he prays to that so he doesn't forget that Higher being. Even to fulfill your desire, there's a God. Any desire you have, there's a God for it. So in order to fulfill that desire, you pray to that God. I want uh, knowledge, okay? Saraswati is there for you. You pray to Saraswati, please give me knowledge. You're thinking of someone higher. So one day you'll say, what Saraswati stands for? And you'll start dwelling into finding out you may come to Brahman the true god sounds any other questions